0: Truth is the authority. 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 All right, first authority. thing, bring your A-game because I'll take nothing less. I mean, we don't need more regulations. We need far less of that. We're going to have an open and honest discussion, but the numbers are what matter. The facts matter. Forget about the Republicans and the Democrats for a minute. Let's talk about the people. I've
1: lived the American dream, and I want so many more people to be able to live the American dream.
0: My show is what it says. It's common sense. We've jettisoned political correctness. It's principles and policies that work for everybody. I just want to talk about how to fix this country. The The David Webber Show. in November, Kansas Attorney General Candidate uh, Chris Kobach joined us and talked about a lawsuit on behalf of employers hit by the OSHA vaccine mandate. Uh, In the ensuing days, uh, there are 27 states that have taken legal action against the Biden administration over this mandate. Uh, For an update, uh, Chris Kobach, again, Attorney General Candidate in Kansas, joins me now. Chris, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, David. Great to be with you again.
0: So let's dive uh, into this. And before I get to my first question, Chris, I looked at uh, two companies uh, that you're representing in North Dakota, DTN Staffing and Miller Insulation Company. Now, looking at the company profiles, Miller, 100% employee owned. Uh, I think that factors into this part of the American business model, right? You employees own the company. You work together as a team. You make the choices in the manner, the time, the type of work, type of employee. DTN staffing crosses the Midwest as well. Uh, They are in many areas of nursing, uh, housekeeping, x-ray technician, medication, various areas related to health and otherwise. These two companies are key to other companies' operations and other things happening in these communities. They're not just isolated and selling off to someone else overseas. So their factor or their their economic factor seems greater to the local communities. How much does it hurt them to be forced into a mandate which changes operations? And in that
1: vein, where are we now with the lawsuit? So it, it, I, I appreciate the way you're framing the question because it is important to look at the petitioners, the, the plaintiffs, the companies that are challenging the OSHA mandate for vaccines. Just as it's important to look at what the states are doing, challenging it. But yeah, DTN staffing. Take that example. That DTN stands for Dakota Travel Nurses, and their prime, their principal employees are nurses who travel all over, not just North Dakota, but South Dakota and other states in the Upper Midwest, and they they uh, staff the healthcare facilities that use them as the provider of their nursing staff. So they could be small clinics, they could be large hospitals, and they could be everything in between. And the Dakota Travel Nursing Staff Company, staffing company, has said that 40 to 50% of the employees, and these are nurses, are not vaccinated and do not want to take the vaccine. And most of them, because they have seen many, many patients who have done worse with the vaccine than those who have not been vaccinated. And so they they have all said, no, they're not gonna take it themselves. These are nurses talking. And they will probably leave if the OSHA mandate goes into effect. So DTN staffing includes 40 to 50% of its workforce. That's about 200 employees. Uh, Many would either retire, others would try to find a smaller a company to work for with less than 100 employees so they wouldn't be affected by the mandate but undoubtedly many small clinics across the northern midwest would lose their nurses and would have to close their doors this is a perfect example of how not only does it hurt the company and hurt the employees and hurt individual people's livelihood it hurts the public safety of americans to have a small health clinic close because of biden's vaccine mandate so It really does hurt people in multiple, multiple ways when OSHA uses the heavy hand of the federal government to, you know, in the name of our health, actually destroy companies, um, shut down clinics and force nurses uh, to take a vaccine uh, that they, in their judgment, in their own private judgment of their own health, have decided not to take
0: know, uh, bringing this down to the patient level and then we'll get back into the legal Chris the, the patient level matters here care as an entire you know holistic approach whether it be an lpn rn nursing and in any way technicians and otherwise is integral to the community whether it be cancer screening urgent care you know emergency care continued critical care and as we take away from parts of the healthcare field, whether it's a travel nurse, but that of course is a resource issue as well. The people pay the price for this. So when you look at this Biden administration and the mandates and OSHA, which, you know, you would think OSHA would be at least more aware of the integral nature of this and this general rule they're forcing on these companies if they're successful. There's a disconnect here. Is it that they just don't care about the patient or something else?
1: Well, I think the uh, federal government, has, in, under Biden's leadership, has made the promotion of the vaccine the number one objective. And all of these other costs, this collateral damage of this, you know, one focus on maximizing the number of Americans who get vaccinated, has they're, they seem to be ignoring this collateral cost. And you can see that in the arguments made in this case, of course, Um, I'm representing these North Dakota employees and there are other petitioner groups, too, as well as the state attorneys general from many states. And in the responses back to our arguments, the Department of Justice and the Department of Labor under Biden have completely dismissed uh, many of these concerns. They've also dismissed many reasonable alternatives that we have suggested, because one of the things the Biden administration has to do in order to win this case is to show that their regulation uh, was the best possible choice over all the alternatives and one alternative would have been to take into account natural immunity which millions of Americans have, including myself, simply allow uh, instead of forcing everyone to get a vaccination, allow employees to, who've had natural who had COVID before just to take an antibodies test and be perfectly good. frankly, they're better off uh, having had COVID in the past and having antibodies in their system than, than they would be getting a vaccine. So reasonable alternatives like that were not even considered by the Biden administration in their you know, almost monomaniacal focus on getting as many people vaccinated as possible and ignoring all of the counter arguments.
0: They are also willing, it seems, to ignore new developments, uh, studies that are out there. And I'll quote the president who uh, at one point said, if you get vaccinated, you won't get COVID. His words, not mine. We do know that variants obviously exist, and variants, whether you're vaccinated or not, you can get the variant. And to be fair to the argument that we present here, as you are in your arguments and your petitions, uh, vaccines may reduce a response, but they don't eliminate getting COVID. So that is even contradictory to what they're promoting would just get vaccinated or nothing else.
1: Yeah, and, and it's almost nonsensical. So the way the Biden administration policy works is you either get vaccinated and then you're home free in the workplace. You don't need to wear a mask. You can act as if you have no risks whatsoever. But the people who don't get vaccinated, they have to test every week at their own expense, and that can be very expensive depending on how which particular test you use. It can be up to 148 bucks. They have to pay that money and they have to get tested and then they have to wear a mask, even though they just tested negative. They are the least uh, risk posing employee in the entire firm if they've just tested negative. Meanwhile, you have hundreds of others walking around who haven't tested negative and, and simply have gotten a vaccine, but we all know that doesn't prevent you from getting it or spreading it. So it's, it's bizarre how really um, pedestrian and how kind of not very persuasive. The arguments are that the Biden administration is making, and of course, the case comes to uh, to, to a decision point this Friday. Uh, the Supreme Court will be hearing oral arguments on the question of whether an emergency stay should be in place. It was in place initially put in place by the Fifth Circuit, uh, and then the Sixth Circuit, which took the consolidated case of all of these twenty cases, twenty plus cases from around the country, and put them all together. Sixth Circuit lifted the stay, and that's when various parties uh, asked the court, including us, asked the court to keep the stay in place, the Supreme Court. And uh, we should see a decision, yes or no, on that question shortly after the Friday oral argument. So it's a big day Friday for American freedom and uh, for keeping the the federal government within its constitutional boundaries.
0: Let's... uh... Go a little bit further and look ahead to Friday now. Uh, Friday, of course, as you talk about, that's the oral arguments. Uh, who will be there? Paint the picture for us. Uh, I'm sure we'll get the news, the outside the court shot, but in inside the courtroom, what does that look like?
1: Hey, so you'll have uh, an attorney. It's an hour-long argument, which is longer than the standard. Uh, you'll have an attorney representing the Biden administration that don't yet know which person that will be. Uh, probably one of the Justice Department's senior uh, litigators from the Solicitor General's office. You'll have an attorney uh, representing the many organizations challenging the Biden administration. Not yet clear which person will be that. That, that will be, um, but they will be these two lawyers will be standing up there each for half an hour, asking uh, rather answering the questions that the Supreme Court justices are asking. Uh, the justices have received, I would say well over a thousand pages of briefing uh, on this issue, including uh, the briefs that, that I wrote along with my, my attorney colleagues. Um, so they will be thoroughly familiar with all of the arguments here. And in a case like this one, you know, as an attorney, so you realize that some cases are dependent upon the words you choose and the, and the precedents you cite. But in a case like this one, You know, the justices will be will be coming in with their own research, their own thoughts, their own legal analysis that may go well beyond what the attorneys have said. So the attorneys up there answering questions will have to to be prepared for anything coming out of right field, left field, center field, wherever, Uh, you know, questions about what the scope of authority OSHA has when it was created in 1970 by Congress and signed into law by President Nixon. Um, they'll be asking questions about the commerce power. They may ask questions about the religious freedom of employees who, you know, shouldn't have to pay over $7,000 a year in testing just to exercise their religious beliefs. So the questions will come on a variety of subjects, and we may get a clue. Usually you can get a clue as to how some of the justices are feeling, which way they're leaning by the questions they ask. So, you know, many of us will be um, listening for every word to hear what exactly uh, you know the thoughts are of a particular justice.
0: In the meantime, what about these companies and where they are now? A, a, the arguments will be made, will await the decision, you know, the court's calendar, as it were. And by the way, what is that when you have an expedited process uh, to go to the court?
1: So normally, uh, the, the calendar is very slow. It takes several months just to get the briefs written. Uh, but this is a case that is not going through the court's normal docket. It's, it's often called the shadow docket by those of us who practice in front of the court. And that means that it's, uh, it, it doesn't follow the normal rules. It doesn't follow the normal schedules. You just do whatever the court <laughs> tells you to do. You see it in cases like this where there's a preliminary injunction that's at issue, and the court hasn't yet formally accepted the case it hasn't hasn't granted a, a cert petition uh, is the formal term for it and so the uh, the schedule is is sort of unknown it's what whatever the court wants but the schedule will be expedited here because OSHA has said that the mandate is going to go into effects into effect next week and of course many companies will uh, you know will start imposing that OSHA commanded mandate upon their employees so I think the Supreme Court will act quickly and give us an answer, yes or no. And and remember, what we're asking for here is just a temporary emergency stay to keep the vaccine vaccine mandate at bay during the, the months ahead when the case is being formally decided and fully decided by the court. So really, we're not asking for much, but it's so important that we are asking for it because if the mandate goes into effect next week, There will be millions of Americans who will have to make a very tough choice, either leave your job or take a vaccine that you do not wish to take, either for medical reasons or for religious reasons, whatever. That will force millions of Americans to make a choice they should never be forced to make, and certainly not by the federal government, which has no power in this area. And you can't reverse that choice, too. Remember, let's say you decide, you know what, I just can't afford uh, to lose my job. And I don't see any of the alternative jobs out there. And so this person says, I I guess I'm going to have to take the vaccine, even though I don't want to. You can't reverse that. Even if a few months later we win in in the Supreme Court or in the Sixth Circuit, you can't say, well, you can get unvaccinated. No, it's an irreparable decision. So that's why it's so important that the Supreme Court stop it, at least temporarily, from going into effect.
0: I mean the effects of this and the, the rollover effects on other companies you know we're talking about DTN staff in, <clears throat> excuse me and uh, and uh, Miller insulation as you know plaintiffs in this case uh, but you know we're talking about America and American companies in this this application of this OSHA general rule and how they narrowly want to use it. Will go far beyond. I mean, the, the ramifications of this, Chris, are national. Uh, if it if it is allowed to stand, because people cannot continually shift from job to job, there just literally isn't enough out there. So, is that a part of the the? the argument the proposition i know it's not in the petition i've read the petition but the fact is this can cause greater harm which is contrary to what the osha rule is stipulated based on how it's originally written
1: exactly and so in the case of the two companies that uh, i represent we're talking about millions of dollars of revenue lost if they lose those employees in other words if the employees say no I, i i can't i don't want to be forced to take this vaccination I'm going to have to leave and either find employment for a smaller employer who's, who has more freedom and is not forced by OSHA to do this, or maybe just leave the workforce entirely. It's going to cause immense uh, economic damage to these companies, losing their employees, and, and as a result, losing their customers. Anytime a company loses, you know, could be as big as half of the workforce of these companies. That, that's a that's a blow that is very hard to recover from, and regardless causes millions of dollars in economic damage immediately. So it's a uh, a truly devastating thing for OSHA to be doing this to American companies. And it, it just it, it's just so wrong for so many reasons. And of course, you look at it at the employee level where their individual freedom is lost. You look at it at the company level where companies are going to be hit with a heavy blow that they may or may not recover from and certainly is never justified. And you look at it from the government level. We have a federal agency going where the federal constitution says it cannot go. And the Supreme court ruled back in the Obamacare case of, of 2012, the Supreme court ruled, and this was uh, chief justice Roberts writing. He said that the commerce power does not allow Congress or by extension, an agency to force Americans to purchase something they do not want to purchase. And that's true, whether it's health insurance or a subsidized vaccine purchase, you cannot force people who are not engaged in commerce to jump into commerce, and that's what the federal government is trying to do, and it violates the Constitution. It
0: will be a some important day on Friday, uh, certainly on you know for everyone in America who should be watching. There's so many other cases out there, Chris. You know, it's not just you, the the states, uh, the various parties. There's the United Airlines suit, airline pilots for freedom. It, if, if nothing else, at this point, I see a growing rejection of government overreach, of government not even applying logic and common sense or biological science, but ideological idiocy to all of these cases where they can be easily disproven by the facts. It, it, you almost want to look at this and say this shouldn't be happening in America
1: that's exactly how i've looked at it i mean we are we are supposed to be in a a a system of limited government and the limits on government are drawn up in the constitution drafted by our founding fathers in 1787 they they promised the american people back then that this would be a very small federal government and the constitution would put strong bars of a cage around that federal government and you know our, our founding fathers would be rolling over in their graves as they say if they now knew that the federal government was forcing American citizens to receive a medical treatment that they do not wish to receive. The, the, first of all, they'd have said the, that the, uh, the federal government has no business there. That's a state or local responsibility. And secondly, they would have said, regardless, the Bill of Rights prohibits that. You can't force people to take a medical treatment that they do not wish, that would violate their liberty. And you certainly cannot force someone who has religious scruples against the vaccine from taking that vaccine against their faith it it simply cannot be done under our constitution
0: we will see uh what happens afterwards good luck to you on friday uh look forward to following up with you after oral arguments are
1: complete likewise look forward to it as well
0: Chris Kobach, uh, General Counsel for Alliance for Free Citizens and Attorney General candidate in Kansas. His website, Chris Kobach, K R I S K O B A C H dot com. Thank you, Chris. 866 95 Patriot 957 2874. I'll be right back.